Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partner Podcast Series. Tipa, are, are there any helpful tips for communicating with a person living with dementia? The reason I ask is because I've been out around a lot and I see people on occasion yelling to uh, a person or, or gesturing wildly to a person. And I know that maybe they're not necessarily Italian or something. And, you know, there's a problem going on. So the reason I'm chuckling in the background, Greg, is you would think that it must be that when people develop dementia, they, they become hard of hearing. Uh, because of the way that many people raise their voice and get right in somebody's face and get right in front of them and try to use facial expressions in extreme to express their frustration or their communication. Um, But the fact of the matter is, of all the parts of the brain that change with dementia, the one that shows the least amount of change is the ability to hear sound. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Oh, so that's why I'm laughing. It's like, it's not really funny, but it is. Now, if a person is hard of hearing, unfortunately, guess what some of the things that they might do would be? Huh? What? What did you say? And so if I'm having problems with comprehension, what would I say? Huh? What? What did you say? So because my behavior, is the same uh, for if I was hard of hearing or if I was hard of comprehending, the lack of knowledge we have about dementia and hearing loss makes it so easy for us to think, well, let's raise our voices. Let's get right in people's faces and see what that does and what it will do if what you have is a lack of comprehension, not hearing, is somebody says, quit yelling at me. I hear you. I just shut up and leave me. I mean, and so you get a very uh, strong emotional reaction. Or why are you yelling at me? I asked you a question. I just didn't understand what you said. And it affects our relationship primarily because you're acting as the you know, yelling is not something we do with somebody unless we're frustrated, typically. So what's lost and and what's preserved as people go on the the journey we call dementia? Because you're saying that they may be able to still hear you, but they may not be able to comprehend. Are there other parts of the brain that are affected? And is this a predictable pattern? Can I go, oh yeah, it's year two and this is going to happen. And year three, this is going to (sighs) happen. Once again, as we did our other podcast, it's that moment where you go, I wish this was really predictable. So I could tell you what I can say is that classically, although we keep our ability to hear sounds in each ear, unless I have a hearing problem before I ever get dementia or I develop a hearing problem, which is very different than having dementia, though it can, both of them can happen to someone. What I don't have is the wiring across the middle frequently. So what happens is the wiring between the ears, combining their data so that I can tell pretty much exactly where the sound came from. I can also judge my distance from the sound 
and whether that sound is called foreground or background, whether the conversation is one I should be involved in or it's a conversation from two tables over, whether the noise I'm hearing is related to what is going on with me or it's just a background noise like the phone's ringing but it's not my phone. So I don't, I don't need to go look for the phone. It's a phone down the hall or my television isn't on. It's the television next door that's on. And so when I look at the TV, I think somebody's talking to me because the TV's not on, <laughs> but the other TV is on. And so I'm misunderstanding data. So it's the problem is not only that even if I can understand what I might not know is who's saying what to me and I can't sort out three different conversations happening around me. And so it gets overwhelming. Um, so that's a common, common event. Um, so all of this is going on in our normal brains all the time. We just take so much about our brains for granted, don't we? Oh, for sure. I mean, because we know that if somebody's hard of hearing, what you'll start doing is seeing them cock their ear towards you, the one that they like to get data in better. And again, what they're doing is they're saying, speak into this ear, I can hear you better. But that's them saying, do this, not us leaning in and doing it, which unfortunately eliminates visual cues that my face might give you. Um, and so when I stand right in front of the person, if they turn their head, what I might want to pick up on is, hmm, so maybe they have some of both. <laughs> it's not an all or none. So maybe I might have being hard of hearing and I might have a cognitive change that's causing my system to not pick up on data as well. Well, hmm. is visual part of the whole hearing process? I, I didn't think it was related at all. Ah, so facial expression is a big part of taking in data and understanding what somebody says. So tone of voice is something else. So if I go, oh, Greg, your, your brain goes, oh, alert. Somebody's looking for you, got the name. And, oh, it sounds like they're excited about something. I should look for where I heard them. And so what that means is if I go knock, knock, I may need to give your brain, if you're living with brain change, a few seconds to go knock, knock. Somebody's at the door. Where's the door? And I can sometimes watch people look up and then look and find the door and go, yeah. So it takes a, a bit longer to organize what should have been snap. Knocking on the door. I know where the door is. I don't need to think about where the door is. But maybe I do now that my cognition is changed and my hippocampus, which is how I keep up with what's where, is working. And then I got to get my eyes to cooperate. Holy moly. So we've briefly talked about cognition, hearing, and, and vision changes. Where can a person find information on this? Because in a, in a 10, 15 minute podcast, we can barely scratch the surface of, of any of the subjects. Yeah, so we have seven little videos that are absolutely free. They're YouTubes. And on our website, when you go there, you can see symptoms of dementia. So we, we look for brain changes. And I talk about some of the common brain changes because if we don't know what's happening, it's easy for us to make assumptions rather than do a little assessment. 
we also have a number of webinars and resources and and descriptors and power i mean we got all kinds of stuff that we try to help people understand better what is happening in the human brain what are people keeping what are they losing what does it mean um, because we think it makes a difference in interactions and in abilities hate to be blunt but how much does it cost i mean you know uh -huh. well those youtubes are absolutely free all those YouTubes are free and we have some free webinars as well. We also have our free journal. You can sign up for the journal and you get lots of things. And there are old copies of the journal, which is something that comes out every month. And we cover different things in those journals. So you can get a good bit for nothing other than your time. I guess it isn't nothing. It's, it is a commitment of time to check it out. Time is a great investment. Perhaps. Tifa, thank you very much. You're welcome, Greg. It's good to be here. Been listening to the Dementia Care Partner Podcast Series.